This is Rashawn Slater, first-round draft pick for the L.A. Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. We're getting a bit giddy today. We are live on YouTube. This Stuff that we haven't got and trying to get bits and bobs to work. Is this how we do this thing? <laughs> I'm very confused. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news. We preview and review every Chargers game, and we bring you the hottest off-season and soon-to-be regular season content around. We're getting a bit giddy today. We are live on YouTube. This could be an absolute disaster. This could be the most incredible thing you've ever watched and revolutionised your life. We'll see. If you are on YouTube, send us messages, send comments. If you currently have YouTube streaming, I can hear myself, so turn it off. Um, turn the audio off, please. If someone's got the audio on, no idea it is. Uh, probably was. It always was. Yes, it was. Fail. Um, so, you know, I'm joined by three fantastic co-hosts. First of all, the main man all the way. He's got Big Ben outside his window. I'd be very worried. It is John Watts Jr. Good evening, Bess. Thank you for... Uh landing the surprise on our laps we were expecting a regular podcast and all of a sudden we're downloading apps stuff that we haven't got and trying to get bits and bobs to work thanks <laughs> i like to keep you on your on your toes <laughs> i've got the main man all the way from california it is john Ayres. hi is this how we do this thing i i'm very confused <laughs> Anyways, it's good to be here, guys. Good to be on camera, California. I'm, I'm broadcasting for the first time live from the Herbert hangar. That's right. I'm in an <laughs> I'm in an air, uh, airport hangar somewhere at a municipal airport in Southern California in the newly dedicated Herbert hangar. Uh, maybe we can go ahead and get some sort of a social media frenzy up to dedicate this hangar, the Herbert hangar, on Google Maps. Uh, I believe in you, Bolt fam. <laughs> <laughs> is that near the Herbert Beach by any chance, John? Uh, no, it's it's I definitely know. very far away from Rivers Lake. That's for sure. Oh, but I do love Rivers Lake. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> and last but not least, I've got the main man, the celebrity. He is Hollywood Dan King. Hey, Bess. How's it going? I've, I've missed us all. I've missed you. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been far too long. We've had a nice off-season break. Some of us have been on holiday. Thank so long that I've not even plugged my microphone in. So, you know, <laughs> what's a microphone? Who needs this? Yeah. You know, doesn't even uh, look like know. a microphone. Looks like something Big Ben would have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about clock parts. <laughs> if right. was disappears halfway through, we we know what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, allegedly. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Be very careful with those words. Um, there's you know something to talk about. We're back from our from our season. We've got live on YouTube. We're going to go live on Twitch uh, in the coming weeks. We're still going to be releasing a podcast, and we are now the big news. Let's get it out of the way. We are part of the Pigskin Network. Woo, Pigskin! Big shout out to them. You know, really excited about this collaboration. Um, you know, guys, how excited are you? Are you all buzzing? What about you, was? Yeah, of course, buzzing. We we tried for what thirty seven episodes to get a sponsor, generally coffee <laughs> or beer, and now we're sponsored by PC. No, it's it's great. You know, we we've got an opportunity here to um, um, branch out, and uh, looking forward to this season talking Chargers football. Oh, amazing! You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's going to be a big one. What do you reckon, John? I was just saying, it's 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 very exciting stuff. Um, you know, it just feels like, you know, this is just a bunch of guys who love the bolts and trying to, you know, trying to spread some positivity. Uh, you know, I like to think of us as the premier international podcast. Um, Fair. the only one that I know of that broadcasts internationally like this. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So I, I'd like to think we're number one. Uh, the only, one of one is fine. It's still one. That's all I got to say, but, uh, it's good to see <laughs> that uh, someone saw us and, and heard us at least. And, uh, you know, thinks that uh, they want to build us as part of their brand. So I'm excited. It's going to be amazing. And Dan, you know, do you reckon that these guys uh, should uh, share some of this this newfound pennies of wealth, dollars, cents of wealth, and uh, get us, get you a new headset? Is this right? Uh, my headset <laughs> is absolutely fine. Top of the range. Just 
doesn't want to work with this software. So, hey, hey Dan, at but, least you're wearing something charges related, not like Mr. Yes, Bermudez, yeah. who, who's who's all, who's just incurred <laughs> the first five dollar fine for the pot. Well done, Bez. I think that's fair. It's all right when uh, when uh, Mr. Ayres flies me out to uh, christen the hangar over there, then I'll I'll, I'll take his five dollar. <laughs> Listen, mate, it's not happening. Boris says no. We're going nowhere. So we could we could fly John out, and he'll have to quarantine for two weeks in a Heathrow hotel for three thousand dollars. We can stand in the car park and record the podcast, <laughs> but we ain't going to LA anytime soon. So I promise you this. I promise you this little Piper three three seven out front here is not going anywhere. This is a, <laughs> this is a training plane. I've not seen even Columbia. Who, <laughs> no, I've seen I've seen the guys who came here and work on this thing. I am not I'm not flying that thing anywhere. You not fancy flying it across the Atlantic, John? <laughs> no, it's only that big on the map. I've seen it. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> it's a flat earth, you know. You don't even, you, you know, it's, it's easy, dead easy. <laughs> um, so you know, what's going on? We're, we're live on YouTube, we're going to talk to our listeners, um, our viewers, as perhaps we need to call them now. You know, we've um, we've already got a comment, Dawn. Thank you for joining us. You know, hi, Dawn. Big shout out to our first ever comment here on, on YouTube. Um, but uh, you know, hopefully, more, more people will come on, invite them to to make comments and um, and challenge us and, and ask their questions and what they're interested in. What's going on in the NFL? What's going on in the Chargers world? I think it's it's getting down to the nuts and bolts before we start the season. Final roster cuts have happened, some waiver wire moves we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about our predictions on, on how we think Herbert will perform. Is he a contender for MVP? And where do we really see the Chargers fitting into the playoffs, even making a run? Or is it too early? So that's the kind of content we're going to be talking about today. Um, and uh, yeah, so let's kick things off by talking about the off-season news, the final roster. Um, you know, Tyron Johnson, I think, is a good way place to start. Big surprise. Mm, I'm going to come really? to you, you know, John Ayres. Big surprise, and then he goes first to the Jags on the waiver wire. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I guess uh, you know my initial thought is that and it's a shame. I I, I enjoyed Tyron Johnson. I, I thought he was one of our I don't know fourth best wide receivers, maybe fifth best. I don't know. Um, I thought he was a good you know rotational piece in there. But you know, when it comes down to your fourth and fifth wide receivers on a team like this. Uh, you know, it, you gotta ha- you gotta generally do more than just one thing. And I'm not saying he's a one trick pony. I'm not saying he's just a speedster. Yes, I know he does more as a wide receiver than just you know run downfield in in a fast way. Uh, but what I'm saying is you got to do more than one thing for the team. And the guys that they kept, Guyton and Hill, those are guys that can do multiple things. You know, they they can be part of uh, special teams uh, as well as kind of play their roles as well as continue. You know potentially do some sort of gadget thing. So I think that that's why they end up getting the nod. And, you know, I I know there's a lot of love for, for him. And I know he got taken right away by the first waiver claim uh, by the Jags, but we're also talking about a team who had the number one overall generational, you know, draft pick quarterback. And instead of giving him as many possible preseason reps to get him (laughs) acclimated, they came up with some bogus kids got to earn his job kind of thing. And again, we don't know what their offense is going to look like, but I saw some of their preseason games and they look bad. The the offense looks like it's straight from 1980 college. Like it is not good. So, you know, the fact that they're the ones who put the waiver claim in and got him to me, doesn't necessarily validate all this anger and outrage that, you know, chargers, Twitter and social media has about the fact that they cut him. Uh, I think it's just, you know, Staley has a very specific vision, has a very specific idea of, who he wants on this team and what roles are going to play on the team. And for him, it's about, Hey, can you play in the roles that I want you to play in? And if you can't, then even if you are a good player and maybe better than another player, if you can't play in the multiple roles I'm looking for, you know, you're, there's just no place for you here. And I think that's what ended up happening. I just think they didn't, he didn't fit the roles that they needed out of that position. So he got cut, got an, he gets an opportunity in Jacksonville and, you know, I, I wish him the best of luck. I just, I just don't understand the outrage and the pure emotions. You know, it's like, you know, did he, was he an all pro last year? Did I miss something? Like, (laughs) Yeah, he was great. And yeah, some of his underlying numbers say that he could be a breakout star. Maybe. I don't know. To me, he's never going to be anything more than a high-end wide receiver three that has these big splash games every once in a while. So, you know, sad to see him go. But, hey, it is what it is. This is life. This is business. This is Staley's team. And he is dictating who's going to be on the team in accordance with his vision. And I'm all in on that vision. Yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting. I think the thing is for me about Tyron is that he's terrible in special teams. And he's, he's competing there 
he's got three guys ahead of him already on the roster. Uh, some of his blocking, I went back and watched, was atrocious. So if you can't contribute in these elements and you're just a, an occasional deep threat that lights up now and again, you know, there's no place. You have to contribute. You have to get on there. It's the fourth wide receiver. You have to do more. And I don't think um, there's other options uh, in the wide receiver core that, that do just as much. Um, so I'm not too disappointed. Um, I mean, Dan, big, big news. Badgley's gone. The job is open for you. Or is it Vizcaino's? You know, are, are you crying or are you uh, relieved um, to see Money Badger go? I'm relieved to see Money Badger go. Um, he seemed like a nice enough guy, but at the end of the day, you've got to make the kicks. I just want to cut back and touch on um, on the cut we were just talking about. Um, it's not like, as, as John said, it's not like he was one of our top two, even three receivers. So the outrage has been a bit um, bewildering. I mean, even Staley had said, like, um, uh, or was it? There was um, suggestions that he'd lined up incorrectly on two plays in the fourth quarter in the preseason game that cost us a delay of game, and that he'd allegedly got into a scuffle with forty-nine players. And Staley said in his conferences that he's he's like character first. In the first episode of All In, you'd got on the board, like relationships was the top thing, and so you've got to imagine. That when you're comparing fourth and fifth place receivers, you're thinking, well, do I want the guy who's already cost us a delay of game and has gotten into a scuffle, or the guy with no complaints and someone like Josh Palmer, who's set himself quite well in the preseason games? But to touch back on the kicking, um, touch back on the kicking, yeah, that's what I said. Um, Pun intended. Yeah. Um, I'd like to call, but I'm I'm okay. I think we'll leave it to someone who's kicked before. Um, so and plus, uh, in um, his press conference the other day, mentioned local guy grew up supporting the Chargers. So you like to see it. You do. You really do. Um, you know, and I'm just disappointed that you want, you didn't make the roster, mate. So you know, next year's going to come around quicker than you know. Don't don't cry any tears. One of these days. One of these days, that big leg of yours is going to get in. Um, was big takeaways there? Is there any big surprises? Do you think it was anticipated? Um, you know, what's your take on the cuts? So first things first. Head coach's decision is final. Is a new head coach who's got a new philosophy, and we have to trust him. There's no point in, in lambasting him and saying that his decision was wrong. He's there week in, week out with the team, okay? Every team, every player on the roster has got an equal opportunity to make the final 53 cut. And Badgley has had problems from, you know, uh, previous seasons. Um, and as for the wide out, you know, Tyron Johnson, it's not like we've just turned around and cut Keenan Allen or another top skill set player. We, we've we've been mentioning this for a long time. The receiver core, and you could arguably put Austin Eckler in that because of his his, his ability to uh, catch and run. You know, as as a as a running back, it's competitive, and Staley will always do what's best for the team. He's got to put the interests of the franchise first, and I think it was a slight overreaction, if not, you know, by uh, many uh, folk on Twitter, social media. Um, Johnson's gone. We've got to move on. In, instead of dwelling on what's happened, we need to look at the positives and, and look at week one and our trip to Washington. There's no point in starting getting, uh, you know, getting on each other's back now on social media and, and, and being in that sort of negative mindset. We can do that in week five when half our bloody offensive line's injured because that's generally what happens to the Chargers. <laughs> our history of uh, injuries is, is horrendous. But so we, we've got to stay positive. And, and trust the head coach you know he's coming for a reason he's he's looking to do things differently um if you had to cut johnson who else was he going to cut you know there's a there's there's a lot of arguments out there for cutting some of our um draft picks from last season but you know it, it is what it is let's just move on well let's perhaps move on by cutting at least one of the backup quarterbacks why on earth are we carrying three quarterbacks no i'm having you on was disagree you out well brilliant good let's have a row about it because you know <laughs> what did what did chase daniel do in pre-season that he, means he should be an nfl employee anymore because i was quite 
disappointed with him. I thought Eastern Stick had the legs, a bit of elusivity, but if you cover that, I didn't know, I wasn't in. I thought, I think we're quite light on that. Um, you know, you have to trust that Herbert will get through. But then again, further goes down, we're uh, we're bugging anyway. So, well, well this is the point. I'm not saying Daniel and and um, Stick are the right answer at QB two and three, but I think carrying three QBs is the is the right way to go. And those franchises like Denver, who've only got two, God help you, in the COVID era. I'm sorry, I do not What's want Derwin James under centre in week six because our quarterback room has gone down with COVID. And, and look, I've had COVID. I wasn't going anywhere. You know, I've been to the gas station and the supermarket, sanitising my hands, face mask on. It's that easy to catch it. And we, we've seen it last year, in the last season of the league, there's, there's people now in, 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 in pre-season going down with COVID in various franchises. And we've got to give ourselves the best chance to win. Uh, look, like you say, you're not, you're not happy about Daniel being there or and, and Easter Sticks got question marks, but at least we've got two backups. You, you know, if, if the worst comes to the worst and, and God forbid, Herbert goes down for a week and we, we'll assume that it's going to be COVID-related because it's still a threat to every uh, roster in, in the league, I think it's the right thing to do to carry three. That's, that's the premise that, you know, that's the argument I'm making for having three QBs. I mean, you're wrong, but I'll, I'll up the ante. <laughs> <laughs> I'll up the ante about why you're wrong, and Dan's going to back me up on this one. There's one word which says that there's been a, ma- a big problem. Pipkins, what's he doing on our roster, Dan? Well, if um, Staley addressed it yesterday in his press conference, saying there's there's still some work there. They know he's got some problems. He's got some stuff that can be fixed. Understatement. Yeah, he said one of the problems is he's been moved to left to right to left to right, so they want to get him settled and... He's he's not like the main guy, so you know. Is I, I don't think he's taking up a roster spot that I really wanted to have gone anywhere else. Um, he's just there. Um, it's behind Storm, not surely. Oh, Storm! Storm's yeah. the, t- the true hero of this roster. <laughs> yeah, I've actually seen. Uh, you know, I- I've read some of the comments and, and and seen some of the press conferences. And by all accounts, it sounds like Storm Norton is for sure going to be the swing tackle who's going to be coming in on each side. And I think that's fine. He's not great, but he's not awful either. Um, I agree to an extent that you know Pipkins. I think might have more in there somewhere. And you know, maybe it's too much to be moving him left to right. I don't know. But as you said, he's more of a depth piece. And let's be let's be completely honest here. Finding a a right tackle or left tackle depth piece, um, you know, out there to replace him. I don't know how much better someone else is going to be. At least this is you know, it's the it's what is it? The devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Like yeah, anybody who anybody they can get is probably going to be a practice squad guy anyway. Like Storm Norton was a practice squad squad guy that they were able to kind of kind of move eventually getting him up. I mean, yes, he was an XFL. Uh, hall of famer obviously but uh before that he was just a practice squad guy and on the vikings so i mean maybe you find a practice squad guy you can bring in and, and and be a better depth piece but at least like they said they've identified they think what the issues with him are and i think it's pretty easy to identify plenty of issues right throw a dart <laughs> you'll find one but um his football ability <laughs> <laughs> yes he's 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 got he's got this he's got he's definitely got um offensive tackle feet that's for sure and he's got good movement he's just having a, a problem getting in front of other people i i don't know he just needs to fix that one piece and if he can actually get in front of people that might work but uh seriously though i i just think that that's what they're trying to do with him and he's not a lost cause and maybe this is a telesco thing going look there's well, really not much better out there so at least let's just try because i wasted a third round pick on reached on him so let's just see if we can make something of it but again i, I don't have high hopes for it but i'm not again i'm not outraged by it well i'm, I'm going to quote staley now from the athletic and he says he is a player that we can still hang on with and and to me that means that they've got they see something in in, in him they see um a pathway to progression and improvement and i'm pretty damn sure that staley and the entire offensive coaching staff would have spoke about him at length this wouldn't have been a knee-jerk reaction. And it, get, it goes back to what I said 10 minutes ago. We've got to trust. For now, we haven't even played a, a snap. We have to trust what the front office and the coaching staff are telling us. Let, let's let's judge them at the end of the season. Not now. I, I agree. I think I think we can have personal opinions about it, but at the end of the day, they're there in practice, they're in meetings, you know, they're understanding. Like I don't like the Tyron Johnson thing, you talk about character issues. 
I don't know if that's a real thing. I don't want to, I'm not going to go around saying, oh, he has character issues. That's why he got cut, but they could be there and we could have no idea because we're not there every day. I think they see something in Pipkins. Maybe he's got great work ethic and they just think that, you know, he's just, he just needs that aha moment to, you know, for the light bulb to turn in maybe. And that's great. Um, you know, ultimately though, I just, I just have a, a nagging feeling that the only thing they really see in him is a third round pick they invested and they got to at least try to keep him through that rookie contract to make it look like, Hey, he, he, he was <laughs> on the tried. roster through his rookie contract. So it's not that bad. We tried, right. You know, yeah, so, Tom, I don't know. Tom, so let's go out for yet another poor third round pick. You know? <laughs> he's, he's off. <laughs> we, we're off. <laughs> New season. 20 minutes in and Bez is off already. I love it. Well, we know that he's Tom Telesco. Let's let's just get down to the, the, the nook and cranny of this because Tom Telesco is, is sort of up against it now. This is his final hire if, if it doesn't go right. He is, is, if it goes wrong and Stella doesn't make it, he ain't hiring anyone else. And we're going to look back and judge him, not just on the quality of, of who he's hired, Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn, but also on those picks. And he's he's nailed the easy ones at the top of the draft with the guys that have fallen to him. And then he's got Keenan Allen, the bright shining star. Uh, and then he's got a lot of disappointment. You know, how many of this Craig Mager in the third round, Pipkins in the third round? I loved you, Pipkins. You have disappointed me. I cannot tell you how much because I saw talent. There are game. There is game film out there of him being great, of him dominating and protecting his quarterback when it was Philip Rivers. And it just isn't consistent. And I'm so disappointed. But I kind of understand because he isn't a like for like. You're not you're not getting rid of Pipkins to keep Tyron Johnson. They're not competing for the same spot on the roster. Pipkins is there for backup depth in a long COVID potentially impacted season. And unless you can get someone like Crosby, perhaps um, uh, off the waiver wire or free agency, which I was hoping for, disappointed not to see him come to the Chargers, then, then actually you have to keep what you've got. Um, but there definitely is a little bit of Tom saying exactly as you said, John. Yeah, my guy, my guy made it through his contract. You know, we we, we developed him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm disappointed, but no, in Staley we trust because I'm so excited about hearing him speak. Thank you for the comment, Michael. Uh, as you're watching, great to have you. Um, and I 100% agree with you. Not great to listen to his press conferences. Great speaker, inspires you. You know, he has a plan. Um, talking about his philosophy we're moving in the right direction it's not just anthony lynn man motivator it is a plan some analytics well, thrown in and he knows what he's doing that that's an important part you just you just hit the nail on the head there bez he's got a plan now if you look at our afc west rivals those i'm not going to mention their name they play in the desert all right they haven't got a plan they just tear up the rule book or their plan a b and c every sort of um season and, and try and start from beginning it's like what are you doing at I least what if you're an idiot yeah exactly <laughs> at least we we seem to have the makings of a plan we've drafted a last year we drafted a franchise quarterback this year we've got a, um, a left tackle for him and we've got the, the, the a spine of the team you know on defense and offense um we've got something there you know we, we're working towards improving in all phases of the game including special teams which has been a nightmare for us you know so but at least we've got a plan we, we kind of know what the charges are trying to achieve as a, as opposed to hitting purge every january which is not helpful to anyone i mean i i agree guys uh, jump in staley are you with him are you fully on board this after a refreshing change uh dan you're not in your head you, you're on this heck train yeah. heck yeah um I say I've spent the last couple of days listening to every press conference um, and there's just things he's saying that we've not heard for a while. Like, uh, I know what a a winning defense is and we're starting to sound like that winning defense I know. It's like, yeah, I don't know what a winning defense is like and this guy definitely does, so I'm going to trust him. <laughs> yeah, I know what to do yeah. on a third and second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, there's there's still things we won't know, obviously, until we're in different situations. But so far, I feel like there's no reason to doubt this guy. He's 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 won me over, although it was very easy to. It's whether or not he's got. Week. It's whether or not he's got the answers to, to the the problems that that's right in front of him, right there, right then, live on the on the field. Exactly. And we're, we're going to find out in the first. Uh, first half of that game at Washington, whether we're rabbit in headlights or whether we've got a grip of this and we're going to take the game 
to Washington football team. Um, when we end up using all three timeouts within the first couple of minutes of the game. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we just need to avoid the gas that we had under under Lynn uh, and, and McCoy. That would be a start. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be all in under Staley, the way he talks, um, the way he, he navigates everything. You just You just believe that there is a plan. You believe that he has you know, been in that film room, he's been in the coach's room and he just hasn't left. And he's just been designing and changing and redesigning and just building this beautiful plan and this beautiful offense and this beautiful defense. Uh, and hopefully at the very least a league average special teams, um, you know, and that he's just, he's in there every day doing, it. I believe that I, I, if you told me that, he, he doesn't go home except for on Saturdays and Sundays, but he's literally lives in his office. I, I would believe that because he just has so much confidence in what he's saying and everything he says is very direct and it's very calculated and not in like a, you know, a Bill Belichick. I'm very calculated. I'm not going to say what I'm saying. It's more like a, you know, he just knows he's a smart person. He's, he understands what he's saying and he just says it and I'm just all in on it. You know, again, I don't, I don't agree with all of the, the roster decisions. You know, I, I don't believe, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that, you know, Tyron Johnson should have been cut. I don't believe Pipkins necessarily should have made the roster. You know, there, there are definitely some things that I think I would have, I would have done different if I was in charge, but I am not Staley. I don't have a plan. I'm not a professional, just, you know, innovator like he is. So I'm going to trust everything that he says and does moving forward. And yeah, I'm going to criticize every once in a while. I'm going to be on here saying, well, why would they do that? And what's this? But, you know, he's got the benefit of the doubt with me. He's got at least the season to kind of prove himself. You know, that doesn't mean they've got to make the playoffs to prove himself. I just want to see a team on the field that is, you know, has the right number of guys on the field for the play. You know, I just want to see a team that can execute an offense and execute a defense. I'd like to see a team that can stay healthy. That would be great. You know, again, he can't necessarily control the health as much, but yeah, I know it's the dream, right? But I, I think he can do it enough. So, you know, I've got tempered expectations for his first year, but again, I, I believe in what he's, he's, he's got going on there. So, you know, whatever he wants to do, just, you know, sign me up. Um, so let's first decision. He's gone and got himself Eric Banks and Trey Marshall off the waiver wire. Both players that have been in and around his teams before. I think he had Banks at the Rams, I believe, with Marshall playing under Ronaldo, who we're competing currently with with the press conference of Ronaldo Hill, by the way. So, you know, thank you for the people that have chosen us over over our own coordinators. But, you know, we're bringing these guys in, a little bit of injuries in preseason. Guys haven't made the most of the opportunities where they were, but we've picked them up. Any any thoughts back at you, John, on these two guys, or did we miss somebody, or are you quite content? There's no one out there that you that you really want. Um, you know, I think there's a few guys out there who I think might have been cut by their teams that I would have liked to have seen. I think was it Des Fitzpatrick, a guy I liked in the in the in the pre-draft process. Um, he needs a new home from a wide receiver standpoint, um, but from like a defensive standpoint, uh, Roche uh, was cut. And he's a guy who I had mocked a few times, you know, on the defense. So, you know, potentially getting one of them in uh, would have been nice. But again, I think the reason that you see those guys cut is because they need a lot of work and signing them to the 53 man isn't quite as impactful as if you can reach out and get them at least on your practice squad. So, you know, I don't have any problem with what he did. He picked he picked guys for his 53 man that he knows um, on some level or his coordinators know on some level. And both of them, it sounds like, you know, can contribute as key cogs in the system that he's developing as well as uh you know contribute on special teams which again that is a big focus it seems like as guys who can contribute on special teams who can be relied on if you can do it reliably you're going to have a spot as a depth piece on this team uh because lord knows we can use all the talent we can get on the special teams unit yeah no i i, I definitely agree you know dan your thoughts you mentioned there quincy roche comes out of the steelers and hamil uh hamilcar as well rashad hamilcar doesn't make the roster steelers dropping two should we pick them up or is anyone else you're looking at or quite happy um i'm quite happy um i can't say that i've looked too much into the players cut by other teams uh, obviously there's the big names there like your cam newtons but 
that's just a dream of yesteryear. Um, I can't say that there's anything out there that is calling me and thinking we need to get this guy. Um, I, I know we've got we've got weaknesses still, obviously. Um, the, well, we've got weaknesses that we perceive to be there. So, like the D line, the the linebackers, the secondary, all of the defense. There are gaps that we could fill. But are we going to fill any of them immediately with someone we're signing who's been cut by someone else? Probably not. Um, so I'm happy to kind of wait and see what Staley gets out of the guys we've got and then judge um, and maybe think about it later in a couple of weeks in um, just see, okay, where where do we need help and who is still around? Yeah. Trey Marshall coming in um, spooked me a little bit, like safety. Are we, are we, is he coming in to potentially cover James if he gets injured again but again that's been negative so try to look at the positives you you look at all all the players that are on on free agency and you you take what's there that's going to actually add some value to your roster rather than taking a, a veteran who, who who's been there seen it done it they've they've obviously brought in two guys that they think they can add some value so again, it goes back to what we said you've got to trust the front office Okay, they're the guys in the know. They'll have done their homework on this. Um, and good luck to uh, Banks and Marshall. Well, let's let's echo those thoughts and pick up straight away on Dan's name that he's just dropped. Big, big news is that Cam Newton is no longer a Patriot. Um, first of all, brilliant. Thank you, Patriots, for committing to being a terrible franchise. You know, you've had your era. Now you can go back to being awful under <laughs> Mac Jones, um, but Cam Cam departs. So you know, a brilliant time to pick him up. You know, as a backup for Herbert. No, I don't think any of us want that, do we? Really? But has he got legs left? Are we surprised that he's been cut? Has he got legs left in the NFL, or is it actually a decade of taking a pounding and being the physical quarterback? Is that a fantastic achievement given the style he employs in the NFL? Was. <sighs> I think it's a bit of everything. You're going to get to a point where every every player is going to have a plateau and they start regressing. But it was interesting what Asante Samuel Sr. said the other day, that Coach Bilicek is just an average coach without Tom Brady. And I thought, wow, I think that's the first time I've heard anyone really come out and, and stick the boot into uh, Bill. And Look, we, we're not going to really know if that's a true statement because Owls Bill has got to be coming close to re retirement anyway. Um, and whoever he brings in, is they're not going to have that same sort of dynasty as what they had under the Brady-Gronk era, you know, six Super Bowls. Um, but I, it, it was a bold statement, but he, he came out and said it. And Cam obviously doesn't fit into their style of play. They need The, 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 the Patriots are always going to have a problem filling Brady's boots. And they obviously see Matt Jones as that individual. And they've got to move forward. Just like what we had with, with uh, Big Phil. How, how do you place Philip Rivers? Look, fortunately, we got our man. But as, as for Cam, does he have a place as a, as a QB2? Well, actually, I would argue he's got a place as a QB1 in some franchises. Our own uh, AFC West rivals, Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Uh -uh, guess what? You're not winning nothing with those two. Um, is Cam going to make an improvement? I would say is it probably two, three percent uh, better off than those two guys. I mean, one of them doesn't like short passes. The other one doesn't like long passes. You know, Cam, at least, he, you know, he, he can actually move the, the chains with his feet. I think he's still got that in his locker. But he, he's probably still got a place in the NFL. Yeah, I don't think we've seen the end of him. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if someone picks him up in, in the next few days. You know, you mentioned him, Dan. Should yep. it really be Cam's time to come to LA, take over from Herbert? <laughs> Didn't you going to say that? <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to go with no on that one. I, think, <laughs> I quite like this Justin Herbert guy, and I'd like to see right, how man. things work out with him. Um, I do like Cam Newton. I've always been a Cam Newton fan. Um, I think he's got a place in the NFL, as um, Boz was saying. He's like we we can't like ignore the fact that he not only had his injuries, he also had COVID last year and has. I know it's probably about four years ago now, had a car accident that was quite a serious one as well. So he's he's been banged up um, internally and externally. Um, not literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
um, he's he's one of the like best motivators I feel that is in the league when he's in a good mood. Um, so if a team can get him um, and add him to their locker room and just bring that Cam Newton energy, if they can kind of refine that spark for him, then I think it's going to help a team, um, whether he plays or not. Um, is that going to be us? No. Um, no. Nope. I think the best bet, as was said again, uh, is Denver because really, really Denver. <laughs> Great roster, but just tell you what, if, if we don't if we don't sweep the Denver Broncos, I'm going to drink microwave <laughs> tea for two weeks <laughs> solid and eat your and eat your hat. Then no, I can't because you've got a lot. This is the only one I've got left. <laughs> um, you know, John. Um, we, we've talked. We've seen that the Raiders have signed Seahawks legend KJ Wright. Um, could you see another AFC team bringing in Cam? Are you worried with any of the pickups in free agency slash waiver wires that have been made uh, with our rivals in the division? Um, I guess quick answer is no and no for both. I don't see. I don't see many opportunities for Cam to really uh, grab a starting job. Obviously, not in Kansas City. Um, and honestly, I think the Raiders are fine with Derek Carr. I mean, to move that offense. Um, I mean, I think Cam actually would fit best in uh, Las Vegas. I think uh, because Denver, I think the reason that you see someone like a Teddy Bridgewater winning out that job is because Teddy, while he may not be the most mobile quarterback anymore. Um, He's actually he's actually got a good uh, mid-range game. He's 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 got good accuracy. He can get it deep when he needs to, and I think that complements the fact that they have all these great pass catchers there. And um, Cam is just not he's just not there anymore. I mean, I watched I, I watched him play a little bit last year because I had him on a few fantasy teams just to see, hey, you know, is is can I catch lightning in a bottle? And to be honest, I mean, he he looked bad. He just didn't look very good. I don't think he's anywhere near the cam he used to be. I mean, not even from a running standpoint, he was fine as a runner. But from a passing standpoint, the his motion and his mechanics, I mean, it looked like he was throwing a javelin sometimes. It was so bad and awkward that I just I just think everything's caught up to him. I think it's gotten to the point where he's just never going to be that guy again. And to be honest, if I've got the kind of, you know, really good pass catching options that they have in Denver, Sutton, Judy, Fant. If I've got those guys there, uh, I'd rather have a Bridgewater who I know can sling it. You know, I think, you know, they have Drew Locke there who can really sling it, but just, you know, you don't know where he's slinging it to all the time. Uh, His name's banned <laughs> on this podcast after what he did to his last season. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, I, I just don't see a place for Cam. And as far as these waiver wire pickups, I, there's a reason guys hit the waivers, right? I mean, yep. sometimes there are some money factors there, but generally, if you're good enough, a team will figure out how to make your contract work or they'll restructure it or they'll do something. So, um, you know, if, if they've let him go, then they've let it go, and that's just the end of it. I'm not too worried about anyone that's getting picked up in, in, in at this time of year. Now, if some trades happen, you know, that those might, those might kind of raise some eyebrows depending on who they can bring in via trade because there might be some, you know, really talented guys out there, you know, willing to come into the West. Um, but, you know, as far as this waiver wire pickup for all these, you know, cut players, just, that doesn't move the needle for me. No, just want to jump uh, in there and say, I think down. you're a bit too high on Teddy Bridgewater there, John, <laughs> as well. I mean, I watched him last year. I watched every game he played last year. And yes, he got, he got the ball to his receivers, but he didn't look good doing it. Um, it was an ugly, ugly offense. Despite having Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, he'd got two good starting receivers. And yeah, he got them the ball, but it was ugly. I can promise you this. I'm, I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater is anyone I'm worried about. Sure. What I can tell you is that it was even uglier watching Cam in the passing game. So I'm just, I, I think in that offense, you want the best passer you can get there. And I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater is a great passer, but he's better than Locke and he's better than Cam. So again, not much, but he's he is. And I think he fits better than Cam would fit there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and is, if, if anybody listened to last week's episode, we had Neil Dutton on it. He, he hit the nail on the head. This is 2021. You know, this is all about the passing game. It's not 1972 where you've got three or four running backs 
running the ball down your throat. And unless, unless if you haven't got a passer, well, yeah, if you haven't got a passer, you haven't you haven't really got an opportunity to make the playoffs uh, and have a you know have a productive season. And <laughs> that's that's the probably the, where Bilicek's gone. You know, we're, we're going nowhere with this guy. We need to move him on and, and start with Mac Jones. Enough about the Patriots, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> too too much this podcast about the dirty patriots um i mean i, I i'm really excited about this season uh, and i'm going to take us on we've got some positivity i'm going to start us off i want all your predictions for who you genuinely think will be the mvp and i'm going to steal all your sandwiches and say it's going to be justin herbert mvp guaranteeing it he's coming home um, I'm, I'm putting the sophomore slump firmly in the bin, and I think Thank he's going to come up trumps. Yeah, don't worry. Um, so here's here's it. I will eat my hat if he if he uh, doesn't have an incredible season. You haven't got I've any just, hats left to eat. I've eaten them all. I've eaten them all. When I said Bosa would end up on, on the Steelers last year, I think I should have given up with predictions. But I am doubling down with my stupid predictions that uh, I think Herbert's going to tone it up. Um, and I think the other prediction I'm going to make, just squeeze it in um, here, is I think Derwin James plays every single game this season, no matter how many there are. Um, but yeah, my, my prediction is is Justin Herbert. The odds actually, he's, he's ahead of people like Russell Wilson in the queue, um, behind people like Josh Allen. Um, so, you know, are there any big names out there uh, going around the room? John, who you have in for MVP? I... You know, uh, that's a great question. I think ultimately it's going to be a quarterback because it almost always is a quarterback. Um, so if if I'm looking around the landscape, I think if I was betting, I'd probably have to put like Mahomes on there just because I think he they play in such a prolific offense. And he's got so many weapons that it would make How sense. How do I kick him out of the pod? <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to be honest. I'm just saying if I if, if it was like if I was looking at the straight, what's the best bet? I have to imagine that Mahomes is probably one of the better bets. Him or Brady, probably. Um, you know, just having big seasons and leading their teams to success and just kind of getting all the accolades. But uh, you know, I think you actually just mentioned the guy who I think has a legitimate shot at uh, at being an MVP, and that's Josh Allen. I think. Uh, he has improved every year. He took a giant step forward, in my opinion, last year. And if he takes any more steps forward, I mean, he could be the best quarterback in the league because he's got that dangerous combo of he he can throw off platform. He's got the arm strength to throw anywhere on the field at any time. He's got his he's got the legs to you know and the power in his running to score from the goal line. And I mean he he run that offense is his offense if it, if if Josh Allen is not on the bills they do not have a very good offense in my opinion because he just does so much that makes everybody better so uh in my opinion if you're talking MVP it's generally going to be a quarterback and I, I really think that it's probably going to be Josh Allen I think he I think he has the same kind of success as he did last year and I think he just expands on it even more and ends up as the MVP and you know how it is when you guys got like when you guys we've got guys like Mahomes and Brady uh well they might be the odds on favorite I think you know it's the same thing like when you have like a LeBron James or a Michael Jordan you've got writers and you've got voters coming up with ways to vote for somebody else and they're looking for somebody to elevate above the usual suspects and I think Josh Allen could be that guy that elevates his game this year um so I think that's going to be amazing but I do think if we're going to want to talk defensive player of the year because it's very rarely that the defensive player is going to win MVP but if we're talking defensive player of the year I, I think it's going to be Joey Bosa I think he's going to have a monster year I think one of the biggest issues that they had last year in, in that warm butter uh vanilla um Bradley defense was that it was basically like hey Joey Bosa is lined up here and you know what he's going to do every play. There's really no hiding or protecting Joey Bosa and he still put up a great season injured for a few of those games. I think if he's healthy and he's in a system where now they're moving him around, they're creating double, they're, they're getting, they're creating mismatches that's that are getting rid of those double teams that he was consistently seeing. And he's getting a ton of one-on-one -on -one looks. I mean, I don't think there's any way to stop him. I really don't. And I think he's going to come out and he's going to be crowned the best defensive player of the year. And I think he supplants Aaron Donald as the best defensive line player. And I really do think that. So um, MVP, I think probably Josh Allen, I, I see that coming, but I really do think Bosa can bring home that defensive player of the year award. Cause he's just, I just think he's going to be that good this year in that defense. 
Amazing. Well, um, Michael Michael disagrees. Michael says Derwin's going to beat Donald to Defensive Player of the Year. Was, is Michael right? Is Derwin going to be incredible? And who's your MVP? So, Derwin is going to be incredible if he stays fit. Now, John's call on Joey Boza is, is plausible. It, it's brave. Okay, we need him to stay healthy for the entire season. But the actual MVP, you mentioned three names there. Um, Herbert, Allen and Mahomes. Now, Mahomes and Allen are playing behind a an established offensive line. And you can see clearly with, with what Sean McDermott's done with the Bills is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm, there's two teams in the AFC that I'm really interested to see, obviously other than the Chargers this season. And that's the Browns, to see if last season wasn't a fluke. And to see if the Bills can actually take the next step on and, and kick on and go one further than what they did last year. Um Mahomes is always going to be in the MVP topic, you know, until he gets to that age where he can't move, the, he can't move his legs anymore, or he's, he's he's completely beaten up. He's always going to be there. Herbert is is the anomaly for me because we don't know how he's going to play behind this new offensive line, which should be on uh, better than last season, certainly on paper, with, with especially with Rashawn Slater coming in at left tackle, Corey Lindsley at centre. We've 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 waxed lyrical about Lindsley on previous podcasts. You know, it's a massive um, boost for the franchise to have him playing um, at centre. But we just don't know how Herbert is going to actually react to this new playbook. If he can do anything like he did last season, he's going to be phenomenal because last season's offensive line was 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 basically atrocious at times. To give up thirty two sacks against a rookie quarterback is is unforgivable because. Some of those hits were pretty hard. Luckily enough for Herbert, he's got some kahunas, you know, and, and he, he got up and carried on playing, you know, broke the touchdown record for, for rookies, um, went on and on and on. Um, but Allen's got a real good chance of becoming the MVP. And I, I think it's a, it's, it's a toss-up between um, Allen and um, Mahomes. Now, I did mention the Browns, but I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to be in that uh, discussion. Now, interestingly enough, what you're going to find in the NFL network in weeks five, six, and seven, they're going to start talking MVP. Okay. And last season, they did it with Russell Wilson, who got out of the trap doors at a phenomenal rate. And then Pete Carroll put the brakes on him. They started running the ball. Uh, Wilson sort of lost his way a little bit. So, yeah, you know, we, we will be talking sort of MB, MVP candidates throughout the season. But I think it's when you get to January, that's when you really see who these who these top-level performers are. So for me, it's uh, it's Allen or, or Mahomes. Dan, are we being disrespectful? No one's mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Do you think him, or have you got someone else in mind? Um, my front runner is Josh Allen, uh, as with everyone else. Um, so but Josh my Allen outsider, love. well, he's he's a number seventeen. You've got to love him. <laughs> um, my outsider, I think I mentioned one of the last times we recorded. So, however long ago that was, I said an outside choice is someone like Dak Prescott complete unknown, was playing well, had been playing pretty well for a while, and then just had that horrific injury. If he comes back and is like back to where he was, then I think he, he's got a shout. Um, do I think it'll happen? No, I think it'll be Josh Allen. But I, I think he's one to, to keep an eye on. Um, just wanted to touch back on um, Joey Bosa um, and say that in Brandon Staley's press conference, again, looping back to Brandon Staley's press conferences, he was talking about the play selection um, and saying there's a lot more of asking players, which plays do you like? Which ones do you want to include? And he mentioned Joey Bosa by name, talking to go, hey, Joey, which plays do you want to include? Which plays do you want to include here? Which looks do you like here? And I think if if that is happening, then yes, we could really see the resurgence and domination of Joey Bosa. Um, better than that Nick Bosa guy, anyway. <laughs> Definitely agree with that. I mean, it's going to be a real good one. We've got so many different options across the team that can compete for awards at the end of this season if we perform the way we think we're going to perform. I think, Herbert, I really stand by it. If, if Josh Allen can win MVP and everyone's hot on him, Justin Herbert can because he is tall, Fast, accurate, deadly, better than Josh. 
much better. Yes, and there and much better than Josh Allen. Um, so you know, I don't care out there. He, I'm I, I'm even tempted to put a bet on, but I don't bet on my own team or players. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm still be... sorry, go on, Bus. You're still what? I'm still concerned about special teams. If I'm being honest, we've we've spoken about how good our defense can be and how prolific our offense can be, which is arguably the strongest facet of this roster. But special teams, have we actually improved <laughs> heading into week one? And again, we're not going to know until you know we, we start chalking off the the, the games. But Bazzi's gone, the, the Viz is in. I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to sound negative, but. The Chargers, if they start charging and doing what we, we always do, you know, and leaving points in the field, that's what we need to avoid. And I think the special teams unit, gonna, my personal opinion is they're going to feel a lot of pressure this season because I, 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 I believe that they've spoken a lot about the, the history of the special teams and the Chargers. So I think when the field goal unit comes on, you know, and we're, we're punt returns and stuff like that, I think there's going to be an awful lot of pressure, a lot, a lot of weight on those uh, shoulders to actually improve but but look if we can improve five percent that's a lot better than what we achieved in 2020 and 2019 uh, because there's going to be times when herbert is going to get us into a position where we're either you know uh, making a field goal to win the game or to actually tie the game um, and they're the the important moments within you know that we need to capitalise on and stop leaving points on the field. And that is my biggest concern going into this uh, new season. No, I, I understand. My, my only concern is Herbert learning and, you know, different environment, new play caller, you know, new plays to learn. And and I think he's so smart. The reason why I don't think it's going to happen is that he's so smart. You know, he won the equivalent of the um, the Heisman Trophy, but for academics. Uh, I think it was biology he studied. He's a genius. He's a very intelligent guy. It isn't just coming in and, and having a, a spread offense or coming in on some hype and uh, being Mr. Athleticism. He's smart, and I think he'll make that transition. But there is a little tinge that I think we could see a little bit of a learning curve, especially without preseason play um, in his locker. Um, I mean... Guys, uh, any concerns over there in California? Have you got any concerns like was or, or myself? Any worries? What do you think the biggest thing the Chargers, uh, the biggest banana skin for the Chargers could be? Well, I don't think it's Justin Herbert. Um, I, I'm not too concerned about a sophomore slump uh, because, one, I think he's going to get a better offense that's catered directly to him versus an offense that was kind of, you know, Maybe they had been putting together some offensive ideas around him, but they weren't expecting him to play until this season. So they really catered it more towards uh, Taylor. So I think, one, he's getting an offense catered directly to his skill set. Uh, two, I think they're taking the training wheels off because I think there were plenty of training wheels on. Three, he's got a better offensive line. Four, he's literally had to learn a new offense every single year since he got into college So and had a new coordinator almost there. So it's not like it's anything new to him. Uh, he's additionally, he's had a lot of guys guide him. He's got Chase Daniel there in the, in the quarterback room. He's had Drew Brees show up and kind of give him pointers and help him, you know, understand it better. And by all accounts, he's really mastered it. And mostly everybody who's ever talked to the kid has always has said, look, he's one of the smartest quarterbacks I've ever met. And this, he's not, so I don't think he's gonna have a problem grasping the new offense and, and getting it going. I, there's, I have very little doubt that just, uh, Justin Herbert is going to be really good this year. MVP level. I don't know. That seems like a lot to ask uh, for a guy who's just starting a second season, but I, I do think he's going to have a very good year. I think the defense is going to be good. I think Staley knows that his reputation is having a good defense. So I think even if the offense maybe sputters or has some growing pains, I think the defense is going to play at a high level all year. And I think the special teams is actually going to be better than it was before. I know that's a low bar. I know I'm not saying much, yeah. but I think it is going to be better because it is such a high point of priority for them that there's no way it can't be better unless they just absolutely fail again. So I, I really have, I really do feel good that the, the special teams play is going to be better, not great, but at least better. And that's all we can ask for. So, you know, when you boil it down to it, that sounds like, Hey, I've looking pretty positive, great defense, great young quarterback, offensive skill weapons, not a complete trash garbage uh, special teams unit. So, I mean, how does this team not win the Super Bowl? 
Well, I, I think one, there's some experience and growing pain that's going to happen around everywhere. I think that's just going to be a fact too. And, and two, injuries are going to happen. That's what it is, right? They're, they're always going to happen. Look at the 49ers. They've, they, they look like the Chargers right now. They've got so many guys that they, they put on IR or, or are not practicing with injury. It's, it's pretty tough for them. But I think for us, the issue is, is that the Chargers have not really, in my opinion, done a great job filling the depth, right? Like we're talking about Storm Norton being the swing tackle, and that's great and all in emergency use. But Bulaga is an older guy, and, you know, he had injury issues last year. There's nothing to say he's not going to have injury issues this year because guess what? He's older. And when you get older, your body starts to break down from wear and tear. It's, I mean, it happens to everybody even athletes. So there's a chance Bulaga could go down again. And then we've got Norton starting on the right side. And then who knows how that goes. And if Norton goes down, then what Pipkins is our depth there. I mean, it gets scary fast. You talk about our cornerbacks and our safeties. I mean, you're going to take a, a, a guy who, who was cutting on waivers to be our safety help in case, you know, something falls off. So I think there's a lot of worry about depth at many key positions. And I think a couple bad injuries and that depth gets tested, and we end up in a situation where we're re-signing Brandon Faison to be a starter. I mean, no, please, like, man. not and, and not out John, of the realm of possibility. So. That's a good point as well about injuries, because during the game, you know, if you're in a commanding position and you lose Blaga or Corey Lindsley at centre for whatever reason, and Pipkins comes in, and then the players are going, oh, no, you know, mentally, they're like, we're not going to be able to do this now. We're not going to get this over the line. And I think that's another challenge that the coaches have is how the players will adapt on, on the on the field when things start going wrong in terms of stuff that's out of our control, like like the injuries or, God forbid, um, an ejection from the game if it starts getting tasty. Um, all these little things, it's how you deal with those moments that can be the difference between missing out on the playoffs uh, and, and reaching uh, the playoffs. It's going to be interesting. Um, and I think every single Chargers fan up and down well, globally, and yes, we have got global fans. Um, I think they're going to be holding their breath when when any of our players hit the turf and, and don't get back up immediately. Uh, because look at our record of injuries, and hopefully, we've got new training facility. Uh, we've got new trainers in there. They're doing things differently. Let's just fingers crossed that we don't get that same old charges narrative of we've lost another player for an entire season. Let's hope. Touch wood. Find something wood to touch. Listeners, viewers, <laughs> touch it now. <laughs> um, we have a, a, a watcher. I'm going to say watcher because of YouTube. A watcher question coming in for our final question of the show. Thoughts on Eckler this season behind this new O-line? Do you think he's going to put up big numbers in both the running and passing game? Dare I say it CMC-like? Um, Dan, thoughts? Um, I think CMC like is a bit of a stretch. That guy is an absolute machine. But I don't have any concerns about any kind of regression. Um, Eckler's been solid for a couple of years now. We've hopefully shored up the O-line enough to like benefit him. I mean, it can't be worse than the last couple of years O-line, right? <laughs> Surely. Um, and I know that um the the competition behind him um still isn't great so i don't think that'll really impact his touches i mean you've got the the addition of lindsley at center um probably benefits someone like larry roundtree more than it does austin eckler someone who's just gonna go i know eckler can do that as well but i think eckler's best used um breaking out wide and wheeling um but I, I'm, I don't have any concerns about any kind of regression. I think you might be underselling the impact of Lindsley. Having an, an all-pro center like Lindsay, Lindsley out there, I think it's important. In fact, uh, Staley, in his recent press conference, went out of his way to talk about how important it was to be short up up the middle between that quarterback and uh, center combo. I mean, it's not just him, you know, oh, can I, can I create a hole in the middle? It's him calling out you know, defensive alignment, him calling out, you know, what responsibilities are out there and him leading everybody and keeping everybody in, in line. Uh, I think it's going to be super important to everybody, every running back. Um, you know, as far as Austin Eckler, I, 
I love Eckler. I think he's a fun player. I think he's great. I, you know, this team would not be as dynamic of a team without him. He needs to be healthy for this team to be functioning on all gears and hang on all cylinders. I do fully believe that. However, I think that if you want to talk about how is he through, you know, how is he running? I don't know. I just don't. I think he's more Camara like, right? And what's Camara? He's Camara's never. And again, I'm not saying he's he's Camara. And I know this is the lazy comparison. Oh, Lombardi came over. He's bringing the Saints offense. He's going to be used like Camara. Actually, they're they're actually stealing more Shanahan style running offense than the Saints running offense. But that's a whole nother story. My point is, Camara is not a big runner, right? He's maybe like, he tops out around 800 yards every sh- uh, every season. So, I I don't think that um, Eckler is really going to have a huge impact on the ground. Uh, I think he's mostly going to be used in those kind of passing plays, uh, going out wide in the slots. Um, you know, and I think he, as a pass catching back, he's going to be big. And yes, he's going to have those splash run plays because he has uh, a dynamic way of moving out there. But I really think that, you know, when you, when you're thinking about Eckler, you really have to think about him as more of a, Hey, he's a great pass catching back and he can do some things in the run game, but you know, the team has shown, and I think we saw a little bit of this in the preseason as well, uh, even in limited use that when they get around the 20, you know, they stop getting creative with Eckler's running and having more of a pass catching back and they bring in, you know, Kelly or, you know, maybe Roundtree to come in and be that kind of, you know, short yardage, uh, back. So I think again, plenty of touches for Eckler between the twenties, but I think once you get to the red zone and closer, I think you're going to see a lot more Kelly and a lot more round tree and you're going to see a lot less Austin Eckler used around the goal line. So, you know, I, I just, I, I don't, I want to temper expectations of what we're going to see, because again, I don't think they need to use Eckler. I don't think they need to give him 30 rushing attempts. I think he's going to get injured if he gets 30 rushing attempts. I mean, he's a, he's in great shape. He, he takes care of himself, but He's still what 200, 205. Like he's not a big guy. So if you try to give him, if you try to smash him with 30 rushing attempts and you know, you get in the ball like 10 times, 15 times through the air, you're going to break him down, you know, and he's just not going to last. So I, you know, I think he's going to be a big part of this, but I, again, I don't know if his running in the running game, he's going to be as a huge, huge factor. Like people think, Oh, he's going to take over. He's not, he's not going to play the LT role where LT did everything. I, I think that he is going to be a little bit more limited in rushing uh, because of the guys behind him. Yeah. Just use him in a smart way. Like you said, John, there's no point in, you know, you, you know, getting him stuffed uh, on the five yard line uh, just for the sake of trying to get six. And then we're losing him for six, seven, eight weeks, whatever. Um, but again, the, the coaching staff, Lombardi and and uh, Staley, would have spoken about this at length with the player and and the uh, and, and Herbert and the offense. And I think we're, we're going to see a lot more smart play calling from the coaches on all three phases of the game. And that in itself is going to give us uh, a five to ten percent advantage on what we had in previous years. Well, I'm going to change this for you, Snowy. I'm going to change this into a uh, fantasy aspect here because I think it's relevant. There was a year, a number of years ago, when I won my third UK NFL fantasy title. Thank you. <laughs> Champion in the house. And that was the year that I gambled on tons of late round. I, I went zero running back at the top and gambled on loads of prospects. And I took Kamara uh, straight out of college in with my last pick instead of a kicker and then held on to him through training camp. And he was just elite. Uh, and Alvin Kamara... Um, with 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 Lombardi as his play caller at the Saints was such a good fantasy prospect when healthy, and I think that's what Eckler can be. I think Eckler ignore CMC. CMC's a freak in a unique scenario. Kamara is a different scenario as gets fed, but he's just incredible uh, and and he's a fantasy asset. So that's the reason he's a lottery ticket. Is Eckler because if you get into a twelve to fourteen league team and you're drafting towards the first uh, the end of the first round. Eckler is the guy you want to take. Um, and I think we talked about this on last week's pod, um, but uh, Neil Neil fully agreed with me here. And it's a, it's something I've taken into my drafts. If you, you know, heads up, if you're in a draft with me in the next week, this, you know, <laughs> snipe me, go for it. Because it's, it's just a lottery ticket to your, to your title. Um, I think he's going to love it. He's going to get his hands on the ball. He's going to run it in. I think we've got a nice bit of variety behind him. I can see Roundtree getting some touchdowns, yeah. you know, stealing them on the goal line. I think Joshua Kelly's got to prove himself in special teams and as, as a reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're going to see. But Eckler is your guy. Go and draft him. That is your 50 pence uh, uh, 
a bit of advice pay me on paypal um guys <laughs> <laughs> it's been emotional our first it's youtube live is coming to an end uh the podcast will, will be an audio clip of this and we'll be coming at you hopefully two times a week throughout the regular season reviewing and previewing every game that's going through and the big news uh, as we move towards the playoffs and the inevitable Herbert MVP Chargers Super Bowl that we're going to get. You know, this is the place for the best international podcast. Where can we find you on the socials? Right there, end zone 85. <laughs> this one. UKLA Chargers for those that are not uh, yep. watching. <laughs> yes. Uh, for our podcast, people who can't see our little names there on this side here uh that's at adroid airs hashtag audible chocolate and yes at uk charges for me yes dan um i'm at bez the spaniard the podcast is at charged up pod subscribe and like like and subscribe is that how you do this we're new to it you're gonna have to figure don't this. forget to like, like and subscribe it's don't forget to like it's on subscribe. the bottom of the screen and the the bell <laughs> and do something else and come and get involved send us your questions get involved live or, or send them in email them in getting involved on twitter everyone that joined us we are on a great partnership with the pigskin podcast network uh thank you for taking part in the first ever have a great evening don't forget to put away your shopping carts <laughs>